Welcome to The Sound, KQAL-FM's weekly behind-the-scenes look at Minnesota-made music. From writing and recording to distribution and promotion, The Sound is your source for new releases and exclusive interviews from Minnesota artists. Support for The Sound is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Rolling. Tonight on The Sound, we have Minnesota bluegrass band Barbara with us to talk about their latest album, Dressed in Roses. Dressed in Roses was released on January 10th, 2020. The band spoke with us about their writing and recording process, as well as what it's like to be in a band where the members live in different cities. We also get to hear plenty of tunes from Barbaro's new album, Dressed in Roses. And to get things started, here's the first single titled Cold Stack. I'm Bill Stoneberg. Stick around for Barbaro's latest album, Dressed in Roses, tonight on The Sound. Going back, back to the days I was cold stack. Waiting to die on the shag rug. Waiting to dine at the supper club. Oh, good God, could I catch a break? Cool little line on the back drape. Clutching my head like a hammer. Wishing my hand was a hammer. And it goes. which is the first single by Barbaro, and that's off their new album, Dressed in Roses. And uh, we have Barbaro on the phone right now with us. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Well, most of Barbaro, right? Yeah, yeah doing great. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having us. Yeah, so we have, uh, let's see, we have Kyle Shellstad, uh, who is uh, the guitarist and sings, uh, Jason Wells, who is on bass and in uh, background vocals, and Isaac Samus, who is on the banjo. And so uh, we're missing one member today, aren't we? We are, unfortunately. Uh, Rachel Calvert, she's our um, fiddle player and um, singer as well. Okay. Um, yep, she's tied up with something. Right, right. Okay. Well, you know, at least we got uh, three-fourths, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Um, and then, you guys, I was just curious. So you have a couple singles released from the album already. Cold Stack was the first one, Loathe, and then Barbaro now. Um, your last full-length title, Barbaro, was in 2018, which was not very long ago, and you guys seem to be playing out quite a bit. Like, how do you guys find time to write and record all this material while playing out and everything at the same time? It seems like a lot. Well, I I mean, I think it, it's, it's interesting how we work it, because... Um, like in the past, I've played in bands where, you know, you get together every week, you practice, you practice, but um, 
we are we're kind of all in different areas. So like Isaac's down in Winona, um, the rest of us are up in Minneapolis. Um, so we do a lot through um, recorded voice memos, really, um, oh. which is which you know has its challenges, but it also allows us that opportunity to constantly be working on new material and constantly be growing our sets. Um, you know, even if we don't have time to necessarily get together. Um, so like, for example, I might, you know, record an idea for a song, um, then send it out, you know, to everybody, and then they kind of figure out their parts, and then um, by the time we get together for a gig or something, then we can, you know, the song's basically together. Okay. Yeah, it kind of makes it so when we, when we get together to practice, we're all ready to go, um, and we're not here in the team for the first time or anything, so it's almost like we hit the ground running. And so that, that's super helpful, for sure. Um, we play in pretty frequently as well, and so we don't necessarily have to brush up on some of the other tunes. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves us a lot of time to work on the new stuff that, that Kyle's writing or any new instrumental stuff that we're kind of putting together. Nice. So it sounds like uh, writing long distance, uh, although it has hindrances and restrictions, it sounds like it also kind of maybe helps the writing process a little bit then, huh? <laughs> It can. Um, it helps. Uh, it helps that we play so often. So we often will have a little bit of dead time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're playing a run of shows, uh, we might, you know, have a few hours uh, before we have to do a sound check or something like that. So that's always a good time for us to, um, you know, work on, you know, the new material at that point. Okay, okay. And then um, before, we, I want to get back to some tunes, but uh, before we do that, so the title, Dressed in Roses, I'm wondering, is there a story or any significance behind that? What's the meaning of it? Um, so I think Dressed in Roses came about um, basically because we didn't, we were struggling to come up with an idea for a song, or for the for the title. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like our band name, um, when we couldn't think up of a good idea for a band name, we just kind of looked. <laughs> To one of our songs um, for it. So, um, Dressed in Roses is a line out of um, a song on the new album called Montana, Ohio. Um, but it also, you know, has uh, has meaning as well because um, Barbro um, is is this horse who had, um, you know, won the Kentucky Derby and um, horses that win the Kentucky Derby they get um, draped in a in a gown of uh, roses. So it so kind of. So it kind of ended up ended up working out, even though we we didn't really plan for that. Yeah, ooh, I like that. I didn't even think of that. That's a really that's clever. I like that a lot. Cool, dressed in roses. Well, why don't we get into uh, some more tunes here? Um, how about we play uh, "Loathe," the second single? Um, mm-hmm. Is there any kind of like story or anything you want to talk about about this tune in particular? Um, I think this tune is is kind of is kind of fun because. Um, well, one there's kind of, I think it has a it has a journey, and it kind of and it takes you somewhere. So from a very like traditional um, form of a song to um, a more instrumental break, and then it kind of ends um, with with a few lines trying to tie the whole story together. Um, it's it's a tune that that I kind of wrote um, in a challenge to um, to figure out you know how I felt about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I originally the the words were um, you know you you're gonna need somebody to love, um, but I thought you know everybody does that, um, so let's just change it to loathe instead. 
Oh, nice. Nice. A little twist there. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear it. Uh, this is Loathe. It's uh, the second single off of the new album, uh, Dressed in Roses by Barbaro. And I've got Barbara on the line here in the studio. And uh, here it is. Check it out. Loathe by Barbara right here on 89.5 KQAL. One thing's for sure. Way the roses flout your window, slam the back door, neighbor's hands. They were holding, oh, they're holding so much more. Somebody to look Times have been stamped Framed and frozen Soul of a woman Salt of man And in my way Meant to be broken Sun may be creeping Through the clouds And that was Loathe, which is the second single off of Barbaro's new album called Dressed in Roses. And I have Barbaro on the line in the studio here today. And uh, so I was wondering, you know, you guys have released several singles for this album already. How do you decide which songs to release as singles? And like, do you ever like disagree on which ones to release? And, how, you know, how do you, how do you work through that? How does that go? I think there is some conversation back and forth um, on which tunes to release, but I think we all felt we. I think we all kind of feel like those are some core three tunes that really um, embody the band as a whole and kind of give snippets of what we do and a taste of everything that we can do. Um, and I think those three made the most sense. Cold Stack is pretty pretty upbeat and solos worked out really well when we recorded it. Um, and then Colstack has that journey, like, or I mean, Loth has that journey, like Kyle was explaining, and some of the, some of the um, clever lyrics and things like that. And then Barbaro is more of that slow burn. So to me, it felt like it had a nice variety and kind of expressed who we were in in three songs. Right. It's it's kind of a good snapshot of the album, then, right? Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So <clears throat> so how do uh, how long have you guys been working on this album? You know, we talked about how you know you write and stuff. You know, how how long have you been working on it? Um, a long time. <laughs> Basically, um, since the beginning of the band, I feel like, was always to, like, 
work up almost in like a non non like concrete way. I feel like we've been working the whole time to get get up to where we are now. Okay. Right, yeah. Isaac and I, you know, started playing together just as a duo, um, banjo and guitar and um some of these songs on the album um come from, you know, that part of the band. Um and then you know, others were developed when, you know, we added Rachel and Jason and I think those are the ones that kinda really round out and de- define um our sound and what we're going for right now. Um but, you know, we've had the album basically recorded for almost, you know, six months to a year now. So oh. we're really excited to finally, you know, get this out and, mm-hmm. you know, one, move past it, but two, to share it, you know, with people mm-hmm. and, and and share our progress. Right, right. So is that, I've always wondered about that. So um, does that happen a lot where you have ideas that maybe you know, are kind of floating around for a couple of years or, or is it like you record an album, those songs are done, you're clean slate and you're starting over or they're, you know, just ideas that hang around until they're ready or, you know, is that, is that, is that kind of what yeah, I'm hearing? I think there's a few tunes that we left off of the album just because we didn't feel like it was the right time to put them out. Mm-hmm. And we have some new tunes now that we play out live that we want to start working on the next um, album and put those on there. Um, but I think this this album we definitely pulled tunes that we that we liked and that fit and that like gelled well in the studio and everything. But I feel like there's a whole bag of ideas that kind of pulling from and seeing how they mix together and and stuff like that. Okay, okay, right. Some of the some of the tunes I mean are were were are relatively brand new um, to us as a group. Um, you know, one of them like Barbaro is a track that. Um, we had recorded in the past as well that, um, you know, we thought just took on a whole new life with this new lineup, and, and we really wanted to showcase that. Um, and then there's also other tunes on it that have come from, you know, four or five years ago before, you know, the band existed. So it's kind of fun to, you know, figure out how all of these songs from different periods can kind of mesh together and try and form a cohesive thought. Yeah, and the tunes evolve so much as we play them and sink into them more and more um, <clears throat> that it's nice to let them, like, sit in with us for a while, too, and kind of let them age a right. little bit um, and let the parts sort of naturally align instead of just forcing something into the studio and then regretting it later or letting it transform on, like, a live show or something and be like, damn, I wish you would record that version of it. Right, right. So and, this... and, Go yeah, ahead. And speaking of breathing life into the tunes we were lucky enough to have um julian davis playing mandolin in there who used to play with with jeff austin so that was he brought in like a new energy so it made some of those tunes feel like really fresh and exciting in a different way and then we also had uh adam gruel producing it from uh horses and hand grenades and he had a, a a great energy and really uplifting and so i think that's translated in a unique way onto the to the vinyl and the record Right, right. So, so then, do you ever um, do you ever demo songs like record them first just to hear it back, and then you know do things evolve in the studio? Then do the tunes keep evolving too? I think it. So I wish we could do that in the studio. Um, studio time is so expensive <laughs> right. um, that that we really we do do that. We demo the songs and we pass them around and we kind of think about them and. I mean, we'll have practices where we sit on, you know, one part of a song for, you know, four to five hours until we want to just, like, 
kill each other, you know. Um, <laughs> but, but so so we definitely do that. It's just more with like um, your voice memos on your phone, or maybe like setting up a microphone in the room, and and then you know passing that around afterwards. Okay, just anything to hear it back, then, right? Exactly. Yeah, there was one. There was one thing in the studio where we like overtracked um, some more symphonic ideas, where we we kind of created that in the studio, but we like double track the bass and the violin to create like a bigger sound mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of experimental and it was fun to do that and it was kind of like is this going to work or are we wasting our time so we be moving on to something else um, but I think it ended up working out really well and uh, it was kind of fun to, to be able to do that in that in that formal setting and hear it on the full speakers with like everybody's input all at once and um, that was kind of a cool little spontaneous thing that we had. Right, right. Do you ever like when you guys are in the studio? Um, since since the, it is expensive, and you know, and you guys work on things so hard beforehand, do you just uh, do you play it live in the studio usually, or are you laying it down track by track, or how do you go about it? The um, the process for us was that we did a you know a few takes of each song. Uh, um, so and we would all play it. Uh, you know, play it as one unit. Um, so in the studio that the particular studio that we played in, we have different isolation rooms, um, so that you know they will record one sound. You know, so the sounds would bleed into one another. Uh-huh. But we all played it at the same time. Oh, cool! Um, which uh, helped kind of create. You know, we were trying to recreate a live feeling uh, when we're in the studio, and that to play all at once definitely helped us. Uh, but, you know, get that energy. Right. Yeah, and I think it lets us move together as a unit. Start. We're a big thing we like to stress is like dynamics and moving up and down a dynamic range together. And that's not always like the same thing. We kind of just feel it out sometimes. That if some person is like dipping down or their solo is like getting more energetic than it normally does, we like ride that wave with them. And so playing it all together lets us be like one sort of moving unit as opposed to just having this mechanical thing as like, this is how the song's played every single time. Right, yeah. Then you get yeah. that. It's a more organic feel, isn't it, you know? For sure. Yeah. Do you, it definitely, um, I think, you know, it allows us to, you know, do something that otherwise, if we weren't playing all together, we ended up not using a click, you know, to mm. you know, keep everything together. So right. um, the only way to kind of have that, you know, kind of take on recording would be for us to all play together. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you said, otherwise it sounds mechanical, right? You you take out mm-hmm. that human element to the feel and the, the rhythm, you know. Um, is it is it weird to be in separate, like, booths or rooms while you're playing together live like that? It, I think it took some getting used to. Um, we recorded at Wild Sound Studios in uh, northeast Minneapolis. Um, it was Steve Call, he um, recorded, engineered, and mixed the album for us. Um, but that studio is, is a, it's a really nice space. Um, they do have individual rooms that we can all fit in, but there's also, you know, what we really liked about it was that you can have sight lines. So everybody can see each other. Nice. You know, I can watch um, Jason's fingers moving from two, you know, from two rooms away or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. You can watch people's heads bobbing. Um, so that. You know, and that's a lot of the communication that you have on stage is, is very nonverbal mm-hmm. and um, just watching people and making eye contact and things like that. So, um, you know, having those sight lines helped a lot. 
and, and yeah, made that it was comfortable. Huge. Um, it was also cool to like have not like you had a sightline, but it wasn't like a full sightline, and so <laughs> it, it it was like you can look at them, but it might not like help you, and it might be more distracting. So it was kind of like you have to listen to what they're playing a little bit more and feel them out that way, um, which I think helped us. Or at least it, for me, it helped like me gel in a little bit more as opposed to just like watching fingers and knowing what's going to happen. Okay, so it almost forces you to listen even closer then, huh? That, mm-hmm. That's pretty right. cool. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have like a favorite or least favorite part about the recording process? Like what do, what do you enjoy about it or, or dislike if that's the case? <laughs> <laughs> the post-production takes so long. Oh. It's fun to like actually record the album and be in there and like hear the tune to be like, man, it's going to be so sick. Then like a, a year later, you're like, I hate this song now. I want this to be over. Right. <laughs> Anyone yeah, else? I love listening back. For sure. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would agree with that and second that. And there's a lot of back and forth with like just uh, working on the, the you know the tone quality, um, uh, back and forth with the uh, with the engineer and mm-hmm. like that part was um, you, you always have like you know you know our disagreements about you know what exactly is the sound that we're going for. Um, you know, for you know, the instrument on a particular track, right? You know, like a little brighter, a little darker, like you know, that, that kind of stuff uh, can be hard to kind of suss out whether you're going in the right direction. <laughs> it's all the little details, isn't it? You know, after the fact, right? That yeah. post-production. Everybody has a, everybody has their own sort of like philosophical view on like what a good tone is, mm-hmm. and so I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of like well, what do you consider to be good? What do you consider to be bad? And, like, what does Barbro as a whole, like, what is the sound that is good and what is bad? Kind of brought us together more. I think it was fun to have those conversations as, like, tedious as they were. It's cool to just, like, talk about music on a, uh intense level, especially when it's, like, a personal thing that you really care about and that everyone else really cares about and wants to wants it to turn into the best thing that it can. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. You just kind of dig in and do it, then, right? <laughs> cool. Well, Pretty let's much, get yeah. yeah. Well, let's get back to some tunes. Uh, I'm here with uh, I have Barbaro on the line in the studio here, and uh, they have a new album out called Dressed in Roses, and uh, we're gonna play another tune for you from that album, and this one is called Pancake and a Bad Idea. So this is Barbaro right here on 89.5 KQAL. Sizing life, finding mesmerizing, I can't describe it. Get somewhere between a pancake and a bad idea. You take a look outside of your eyes, see a big old flashlight in the sky. Shouldn't look right at it, be a bad idea. Oh, I'm gone. Tell Marina it won't be long. Tell her my eyes are ashamed of what they've seen. Day I'm not wrong till all the people they settle down that I'm just mine, my time for change. And that was Pancake and a Bad Idea from Barbaro, and that's from their latest release called Dressed in Roses. It's out now. So, so Pancake and a Bad Idea. Um, I, I really dig the tune, but I also 
the name of it caught my eye too and I was like ooh we got to play this I got to ask him about it so is there a story behind that <laughs> that tune I just you know I kind of like the name <laughs> um the you know the it just kind of comes from uh being a little stoned maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh it's valid and just you know, sitting down, I uh, it, it, it just that that's one of those songs that just kind of happened all at once. You know, that didn't take very long to write. Um, more of a you know country folk style tune, and um, and I and a lot of my writing process is just like recording into voice memos, listening back, picking out words, re-recording into voice memos, kind of doing that. Um, and so one one take I had, I said pancake and a bad idea, and I was like, oh shoot, that's that's dumb, and that'll that that'll you know that'll work great for the song. So, um, <laughs> I think you know as far as like having a meaning, um, you know, I I couldn't give you a real good good answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the eye of the beholder, right? The listener, probably correct. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, d- does that happen a lot? Where songs you said that one came kind of easy. Does that happen often, or do you often have to kind of work on it a little harder and longer, or does, do they just kind of come sometimes? It definitely depends on the song. Okay. I mean, um, you know, some songs came easy. Like off this album, I'd say Pancake and a Bad Idea and, and Barbara were the ones that just basically wrote themselves. Um, some of the other ones take a lot more time. Some of the other ones, um, you know, I bring these ideas to the band, and then they have ideas. On, on what to do and where to take it. So, um, you know, they, they can happen organically at once or some of them, you know, take some more time um, and some more fleshing out of uh, different ideas. Um, but those ones are also super fun because they typically become more of a, a collaborative effort um, with a group of people. Cool. Well, speaking of that, like collaboration and stuff, how do you, how do you guys write? I mean, you talked about sending things over voicemail and stuff. Um, you, you know, Kyle, do you write most of the lyrics or and and like the basic chord structure, or how how do you guys do it? Yeah. So I'll I'll usually come with a chord structure and lyrics and you know an idea of like where I want the song to go or things like that. And then, and then you know maybe, um, maybe a certain melody, or maybe it needs a melody, and um, and but I think a lot of times I'll bring these ideas to the group, and and we'll play them, and we'll just kind of vibe on you know one section over and over again, um, you know just trying to trying to sort it out, find all our parts, and then when somebody does a cool thing there, then we'll be like stop and be like oh that's cool, let's do that here, you know. Um, so the organic process is super fun. Yeah, yeah, that, I, that's I like that, you know, because um, um, so so basically you have like an idea and a kind of a structure, but the band gets to get in in there and and then it evolves. It sounds like, right? Yeah, I think what is the best part is that we're all like really into our own instruments and like mm-hmm. what we do, and so we're really excited to like put ideas or energy into the tunes that Kyle brings. And so uh, we all, like, want to jam them out or, like, feel them out and stuff and add interesting ideas and, like, and throw ideas around just because that's that's where, like, the passion kind of lies for everybody. It's not like we have any, like, really passive players who are just like, I'm just going to do whatever gets me through the tune. <laughs> right. um, it's all like we want to, like, make our mark 
on it in a way. Yeah, I think that shows on uh, not only this album, but uh, everything you guys have done, you know. Yeah, I highly recommend anyone go to your streaming service, whatever you use, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, and uh, check out Barbara's stuff. They've got, you know, several uh, things online you can check out. And uh, speaking of which, let's get back to some tunes here, and we'll fit as many as we can in the show. Uh, next up, we've got here Rita Klein by Barbaro. That's from their new album, Dressed in Roses. And I've got them in the studio here today, and we'll hear a little bit more from them later. But here is Rita Klein off their new album. Just what I lack Been told time or two in fact 
Like Aunt Betty always said It's all just in your head It's all just in your head That was Aunt Betty, and that is by Barbaro, and that's from their new album called Dressed in Roses. Uh, before that, we heard the tune Rita Klein, which is from the same album. And I have Barbaro in the studio, or on the phone in the studio with us today. And um, Aunt Betty, I was curious about this song, too. Um, is there an actual Aunt Betty, and whose aunt is she? <laughs> 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 um, I like to say that everybody has an Aunt Betty. Uh, and so, you know, um, it's, it's not, it's not about any of my particular aunts, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, not about my auntie Lane or my, you know, aunt, uh, you know, Barb or whatever. Um, but, uh, but it, it, it just is another one of those, I mean, you know, words or phrases that, um, you know, aunt Betty, I thought kind of sounded cool in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Amongst the amongst the jumble. Cool. So it's more of just a universal thing. It could be anyone's Aunt Betty, right? <laughs> right. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So so we've talked a little bit about we've talked about your writing process, recording. Um, you know, between writing, recording, and touring, do you guys have like a favorite uh, part of you know a favorite um, uh, part of of Barbaro? You know. Do you prefer one or the other, writing or recording or touring? Or? I like playing. I think the times when we, we really connect with the crowd is playing like those small, uh, like rural theaters or venues where people can sit and enjoy the music and have a few drinks and stuff. Mm-hmm. I really feel like I get a lot out of the music and when we can connect with each other and connect with the crowd that's as attentive like that. And um, you can kind of like space out or space into the music or whatever so well as opposed to those nights when you're playing for like four hours it's like a rowdy bar crowd mm-hmm. um and i think that's when you really start to shine but at the same time it's fun to play like straight up the grass tunes to, and just jump around so i'm, I'm glad to have that that kind of versatility or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i've I, noticed that energy at your shows too you know like um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there, there's a lot of jumping around. <laughs> connection. Yeah, yeah. It's a connection with the audience, the, right? That's the fun of the live performances. Um, you can kind of just lay it all out there and um, feed off the energy of one another and then feed off the energy of, you know, the crowd. And, you know, that's super fun. And then, you know, but recording, I think, is, is super fun, too. And it also, you know, brings about a lot of growth, you know. Um, I think yeah. I think the band grew and learned a lot about um, itself, and we all learned a lot about each other um, through that process, um, which only makes us stronger in our live mm-hmm. performance. Some of my favorite shows that we've played are those Harold House Party Wednesday nights at the 331 in 
Northeast Minneapolis. I feel like I have like the best time at those. So if anybody's out <laughs> looking for something to do, those are always a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And speaking of playing live, do you guys have a are you, do you have a tour lined up for this new album, or are you just going to do some dates here and there? How how are you going to work it? Yeah, we have a tour lined up um, basically throughout the Midwest. Um, so, like, we play Ed's next Thursday. Um, we're up in Minneapolis at the Cedar um, on Friday with um, Chicken Wire Empire again in Humbird. And then we go down to Rochester the next day. Um, we're going to be hitting, you know, the North Shore of Minnesota, going to make it down to Milwaukee, um, Madison, um, uh, Upper Michigan. So we'll be all over for it. Excellent, excellent. And I'm assuming you can find those dates all on your website, right? Barbaroband.com? Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, I encourage anyone to check them out and check Barbara out live because they're fantastic live. Uh, it's a band full of great players, and they got cool tunes. Um, their new album is titled Dressed in Roses. came out Friday, January 10th. Yeah, check their website for dates and more information. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show tonight, guys. Um, I want to play out one more song. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for talking. Yeah, but uh, before we go, here is Mississippi Thunder Speedway. This is another track from Barbara's new album called Dressed in Roses, and uh, you can check them out next Thursday at Ed's No Name Bar here in Winona. This is Mississippi Thunder Speedway right here on 89.5 KQL Winona. Thanks again to Barbaro for joining us tonight on The Sound. For more information on the band and their album, Dressed in Roses, go to barbaroband.com. 
For more deep dives into local and regional albums, tune into The Sound every Wednesday night at 6, right here on 89.5 KQL. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've just heard from Barbaro with their latest release, Dressed in Roses, on The Sound. it off now Bring all them shutters from Atlantan and Greenback Off in this place One of these days Hanging on paradigm Fresh cut grass and fast Oh in May Staring through the corridor of those that couldn't cut the corner Thoroughbred and all's losses Thanks for listening to The Sound. The Sound is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us online at kqal.org Theme music for the sound provided by Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark.